Welcome. So psyched to be here for a second episode, Mike. Uh, I, what I, I what is this? What are we doing here? Mike, you know that this is the greatest podcast that compares lower tier items to their perceived god tier opponents. This is right. <laughs> I mean, this is I, I don't know, this is something that I feel has been in your DNA since you were born, Mike. And this is just like the physical manifestation of that. Right. This has been stewing in my blood since the early 80s. And <laughs> until podcasts were invented, I I had no way to share it. It's true. And um in case you uh in case you didn't hear it last time and we did we did a pretty bad job of self-promotion on our own podcast last episode, but you're listening to Bottom Shelf Dreams featuring mm-hmm. myself, Adam, and my wonderful friend. Yes. Yes, I am Mike. And welcome to the only podcast that looks through the old toy chest and finds the toys no one will play with. <laughs> that is what we do. For sure. And maybe on a future episode, Mike, maybe we should talk about the psychology of why you like these, these second tier uh, items so, so much. Maybe, maybe it was born as a manifestation of you being of you having siblings and like your siblings always had the better toys so you had to like convince yourself that your second hand toys were just as good i don't know just a, just a thought if a therapist could sit down and explain to me why i have this kind of uh, thought mentality um it would take hours and years to unfold <laughs> maybe maybe it's just you know a, a case study or i don't know and uh, but I think it's I think it's hard to uh, kind of exist um, in a world like you know like a modern day world where if you like something that's not necessarily popular, everyone just instantly is like, oh, you're a hipster, or oh, like you just want to be mm-hmm. you just want to like something that's different than everybody else to be unique. I think yes. that there's I think there's an aspect of that, but I think it's also um, at least for me personally, and and, and I know for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. A lot of the times how we feel about these things is because we genuinely feel that um, these, these shows, these, these items are just as good as a popular brand, but they just don't get enough love like today's episode. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of things that don't get enough love, mm. this, this podcast is a bottom shelf product, which will never be as big as the podcast giants Joe Rogan or Critical Role. just to name a few just it's just a couple yes but you can still fight for the little guy because we are david fighting goliath by hitting like or subscribe on spotify or apple podcasts or stitcher or wherever you're hearing this podcast that's the only way to show us love yeah absolutely and even just interacting on our facebook page or just sending us a a, a message individually uh, that just means the world to us yeah maybe a pat on the back occasionally an apple pie sent through the mail just yeah. lets us know that we're still loved and still listened to exactly it makes us feel pretty special so but enough about the self-promotion let's get mm-hmm. into the nitty-gritty mike all right so what is our bottom shelf item that is not getting clearly enough love? See, uh, Mike, this is a this is a 
one of the unique episodes where um, the so obviously we're going to be talking not obviously because you guys don't know but uh, Mike and I know but we're going to be talking about a, a little show called The Dragon Prince which is um, kind of a, a spin not a spin off but like a a spiritual successor if you will to um, Avatar: The Last Airbender and this is this is one of those cases where um, both products I feel are of equal quality or mm-hmm. um i think the the general you know um reception to both of them is is pretty high but dragon mm-hmm. prince is always going to be in the shadow of avatar the last airbender and i think for for this podcast i think we we really want to highlight and talk about why the dragon prince should be free from that shadow yes adam and i are going to be the lawyers for the dragon prince and we're going to explain to you, the jury, why the Dragon Prince should be dominating and we should be living in a world where the last airbender is second banana to this great show. It's true. It's true. And um, yeah, and at the end of the day, um, feel free to make your own decisions. This is by no means a, um, a be-all, end-all, and you can like what you want to like. But we think that you should like Dragon Prince more. Yes. It's not like my podcast called Be All End All, where I tell you what you have to think. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. True that. And, so, so Mike, where, where should we start? Do you think we should just get into well, kind of like the background I, of the intro to Dragon Prince? I just want to jump right in, but I also want to let people know that near like the end of this podcast, we do a little skit to um, imagine what life would be like if the popularity was reversed. And this skit is uh, comedic. It is silly and fun. And it's probably the the cherry on top of this information Sunday. Absolutely. So save room for dessert. And don't take everything we say in it too, too seriously. It is a is a fantastical world. Yes. If we say wink after we talk, don't take that seriously. <laughs> yeah, no one is actually winking. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, jump right into it. What is what is the show, Adam? Oh man, so Dragon Prince is a um, an American cartoon that you can find on uh, on Netflix. Um, you know, just some just some bare bones facts about it. Um, the first season premiered in uh, twenty eighteen. There's a second and a third season. The third season came out uh, last year, which is crazy to say, in, in 2019. And uh, it's it's got very favorable reviews. It's got an 8.4 on IMDb. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, you know, that's, if, if anything is impressive about anything that we're talking about, that's pretty impressive. Yes, and uh, 96% of Google users said that they, they preferred or they liked the show. So, I mean, you know, bare-bones statistics, I mean, at face value, it goes pretty head-to-head with Avatar. Yeah. Which is amazing that people have to be reminded and told to like the show. Right. Um, For sure. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen with such popularity. For sure. It's, and it's not even like a... Um, I don't know. It's not like a preference thing or anything, or it's not like a quality thing either. Like it's, you know, it's it just is in the shadow of Avatar, which is which is a shame. Right, right. 
It, I think that's the Netflix effect where uh, Netflix comes out with so much stuff, it just gets buried. Like right. that Dark Crystal saga. <laughs> that, that could be genius, and we wouldn't know because there's uh, three exclusives out every second. Exactly. Um, and I also think it doesn't help that uh, the Dragon Prince, even though it's been out for, for a couple years, uh, recently Avatar has come onto the platform and is... Yeah. And I mean, rightfully so, very popular. But I feel like it's it's you know it's swaying people away from the the genius that is the Dragon Prince. Also, uh, there's rumors of a a live action Avatar: The Last Airbender that's supposed to be coming to Netflix mm-hmm. as well. So um, hopefully, hopefully that's it'll be better than the the live action movie that we got. But we're not here to talk about Avatar. We're here to talk about well, at least Dragon not yet. Prince. At least not yet. <laughs> yes. So tell um, us, why? what is this Dragon Prince? Why should I be involved? That's a great question. So, um, I mean, kind of backing up a little bit, maybe we should talk about the plot and, like, and, and the mm-hmm. setting, and, and maybe this will appeal to you a little bit more than, than Avatar. But, so it mm-hmm. takes place in this, this magical land called Zadia. Um, there's, uh, there's magic in the, in the show as, as, as also in Avatar, but... Um, the, the magic in the show kind of, kind of comes from six primal sources, right? The sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, and the ocean. And so when, when magic is, is created by humans, it, it's actually um, like a seventh source of magic. It's like a dark magic. And it's naturally, and it's naturally because it doesn't naturally occur. Um, so in order to increase their power, they start capturing and harvesting unique kind of magical creatures that they need as ingredients, which then sparks a war, a war between uh, Zadia, like the rest of the world, and the human kingdoms. Um, and, you know, that kind of is the backdrop to um, the main story, which revolves around these three kids uh, that are on the opposite sides of the conflict. There are, there are two princes named... Uh, the older one is named Callum, and the younger one is Ezrin. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, third, the third main character is, uh, is an elven assassin named Rayla, who was sent to kill them, but Together through hijinks, they discover a secret that could change everything, and um, they decide to work together, join forces, go on an epic journey. Mm-hmm. And you know, their their journey is the only hope that they they have in might of ending that that decades long war and restoring peace. Yep. The key word here is journey, which is a type of narrative we don't see a lot in cartoons. We see a lot of competition and chosen ones and. Uh, facing off in arenas but we don't see a lot of journeys yeah for sure and, and that's definitely a, a hallmark of this show um you know the relationship between the three of them and the relationship between um, a lot of the characters but um we'll kind of get into that a little bit later now that's just the you know if, if that's not enough that's just the plot for the first season i didn't right. wanna, i didn't want to read too much of the the second and third season because that'll kind of spoil what happens in the first season mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, mm-hmm. if that intrigues you, like by all means, you go and watch it. It's it's honestly like I don't know, Game of Thrones for kids. It's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so maybe taking a step back from the uh, what what actually is happening in in the plot, maybe we'll take a a little peek around the uh, around the corner, around the curtain, and, and and see what you know what. 
the technical side of, of what makes this the show really awesome and right you, right you, you can't have a tv show without writers you can have a you can't have a tv show without producers and directors mm-hmm. and let me tell you the the director the director crew for this is without a doubt an a-list cast for, for for writers and directors Ooh. um mm-hmm. you know just just on the surface uh it's it's co-created by um a man named aaron he has and justin richmond uh he has is the was the head uh the head writer and executive producer for avatar the last airbender and mm-hmm. he's also uh, a longtime writer and story editor for futurama so oh I mean, gosh so i mean that's you know that's a plus talent right there and richmond not to be outdone um, you know, co-directed a little video game called Uncharted Three. So I don't know if oh, you've ever heard of that. Gold. Um, and uh, there's uh, one of the directors, uh, Giancarlo Volope. Uh, he's a he's a he's a director for the Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he he's a he's a producer and director on the uh, the the show, the uh, Dragon Prince. So I mean, you know the the talent, the the crew behind the show is just you know it's a list. You can't get better mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. And let's not even let's not even delve into the fact that uh, the the acting is superb in this. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, um, you can't get too far into the show without noticing that Cal and one of the main characters is voiced by uh, Jack DeSena, who's um, from famously all that, and he's also the voice of uh, Sokka in. Avatar: The Last Airbender, so that can be a little distracting, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's talented and his he he just delves into the character really, really well. So it's mm-hmm. it's not that beyond the first like ten minutes, you're just like, okay, whatever. This is just Callum. Yeah, and I have to say that Rayla is her her accent. I'm, I I don't even know how to label her accent, but <laughs> it is um it is like the butter on warm steak. <laughs> um, it's just like you could you could hear that for hours there there has to be a, an app where you can go to sleep to rayla's uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna jump out and just say is it scottish very scottish very irish 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 yeah it's kind of like a, mm-hmm. i don't know very northern britain kind of welsh irish yeah yes kind of like merged together and um, you know that's a that's a direct result of um, her clan, kind of the elves being um, representative of you know they kind of invoke the druids, they kind of invoke you know yes. like that, that northern Britain kind of mm-hmm. at one with nature sort of vibes. Absolutely, yeah. So that that uh, the voice actors are one of the key the key things for uh, the last airbender and it it shows that way for um the dragon prince as well mm, absolutely yeah the the talent across the board for for dragon prince is, is just great and uh, another thing that i love about the dragon prince is that they they take a lot of you know there's some there's some veteran actors on the show like we were just talking about with um uh with jack decena um Say it. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of first time actors on the show too. Like um, the 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 kid that plays um, Kellum's um, younger step brother, um, adopted brother Ezran is 
he does a he does a fantastic job too. And oh yeah, uh, he's the baby Yoda of the show. Like <laughs> I say, baby Yoda, who when I hear this kid? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He's mm. he's very adorable, and he you know he he plays that role that you um you kind of you kind of expect. Like he's kind of like this adorable troublemaking ten year old kid, and and it's great. Um, and you know each of these characters has like a you know a very um has a very um big impact on 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 the story, and they and they play a big role in the world's universe. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not like Avatar where um, everything hinges necessarily on them. Like they're, they're you know they're just everyday kids, and um, mm-hmm. and yes, they might be noble by birth, but they you know they're not you know quote unquote the Avatar. They aren't the chosen one. They aren't you know all these things. Right, they're, right. Because you know, kids at kids. home, yeah. Because kids at home, you're not special, you know. And this- <laughs> This uh, show wants to nail that point home. <laughs> I don't care how much money your dad makes. You're not special. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dragon Prince. Thank you, Dragon Prince. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, because, you know, the emphasis in, in the Dragon Prince on, on strength and ability isn't necessarily based on, you know, noble birth, but instead of it's placed on effort and, you know, training and, and learning and growing and it's you know it's, mm-hmm. it's very it's very human like uh callum the the main character one of the main characters he's um you know ezrin's half half brother but he's uh uh king harrow so king harrow is um the the leader of the human faction in the show um who mm-hmm. is first first and foremost an incredible father let's just say that he's, he's a great father figure um and he uh, uh sorry so callum is uh the first human to be able to wield kind of magic and like primal magic on his own outside of like the human version of magic and mm-hmm. he and it's not like a it's not like a, a chosen one sort of effect but rather through years of like training and effort and struggle like he's able to become strong he's able to to wield magic mm-hmm. um even rayla like we were talking about earlier um, you know, she's a she's a an elf assassin. Um, she's got all these skills and abilities, but she's you know looked down on by um, right. her clan, and you know she she has to prove herself from from the get go. And and Ezran has uh, the younger brother. He you know he is the crown prince, um, mm-hmm. but he's just a ten year old kid, and he, he still doesn't know a lot about the universe in the world. So. He has to he has to learn and grow just like the audience does, and right um, now it creates a lot of these dynamic stories and interactions. Did did I imagine this? But is the king is he dark skinned? I remember a diverse character, and I swear it's the king. Yeah, no, that's what one of the things that um, that makes this show um, so awesome. Um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on this a little later on in the uh, the top mm-hmm. three things that make Dragon Prince so good. Um, but the, yeah, there's, there's a lot of diversity in the show. So Ezrin, um, who is Harrow's son, and they're both people of color. They're both African-American, we would say, but like, obviously Africa doesn't exist in that, in in that universe. Um, but they, yeah, they're African magician. Yeah. They're, 
yeah they're <laughs> they're african adjacent i guess yes. i don't know <laughs> yeah. um uh but yeah so the, the, that's that's another thing that that makes the show so so great on top of harrow being uh you know uh you know a, a really good father a really good king but he's he's a person of color and that's that's awesome to see he's the the ruler of a nation and um, right. he's well respected and loved and you know and another thing that the show does well is um like we keep going back to him being a great father but but Callum is is adopted um yes. and he's you know he's just as loved and cherished by by Harrow as his other son Ezrin and mm-hmm. um and you know that's that's really cool to see that's such a such a powerful message yeah there's so many layers to relationships in this story yeah for sure i mean my um probably my favorite interactions are you know outside of the the main characters is um between king harrow and uh Viren, who is the uh the antagonist for the the first arc and for mm-hmm. a lot of the show but um Viren is kind of like this um court mage magician and his his kind of philosophies and his approaches to how to rule and how to acquire power and um keeping people safe is in direct conflict with king harrow like king harrow mm-hmm kind of approaches being king as more of a like a self-sacrificial um, mm-hmm. you know love until it hurts kind of approach whereas Viren is more of a we need to protect at all costs and and any you know any loss of life is is unacceptable and he he'll go to any lengths to protect those that he loves and it's cool seeing you know both these people coming from good places you know come into conflict over over how they they should proceed with the 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 problems and the plots that they they come into contact with and you know there's no there's no necessarily um you know eventually Viren's kind of side kind of descends into um uh you know more of a an evil perspective but you know initially that that relationship there's no black and white there's just shades of gray and you'd be like yeah both these people have a point and they're both right in their own way right right yeah, yeah. Story. Uh, the conflict is built on prejudice, bias, and um, fear. That seems to be the main villain. Yeah, for sure. It's you know, in in Avatar: The Last Airbender, you kind of see, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but yes, um, it's you know, there's a very clear black, white, and there's 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 very right. clear evil. There's very clear good. Um, and but mm-hmm. you know the show does go on to explore areas of gray, but there's there's always a an ultimate bad guy, and there's always an ultimate good guy. Where you know, as in in this, in, in the Dragon Prince, it's everything kind of takes place in in, in the gray. You, you don't really know who's right until you know later into the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Is that uh, is that our stone cold proof right there? Yeah, man. I, I would say that you know those are all really good reasons uh, in the background as to why Dragon Prince is, is worth your watch. It's it's worth your. Yeah. It's definitely worth your time. So I I obviously shouldn't go into my segment where I talk about why Avatar is dominating because it would just be foolish, right? <laughs> Mike. I know. In the interest of fairness, we need to present both sides of the argument. And, and like we said at the beginning, we we love both these shows. We, yes. we love Avatar. We love Dragon Prince. Um, and but we we just want Dragon Prince to get a little bit more time in the sun instead of yes. the shadow. 
And just like the last episode, we know why Star Wars was number one. We're not disillusioned. And we're not disillusioned why Avatar is number one. Um, but here is my segment on why everyone loves Avatar. So Avatar, The Last Airbender, or I call it T-Lab. Um, it's simple. T-Lab has the adorability of Pokemon with bright colors and cute smiles but it doesn't treat its viewers like kindergartners. Furthermore, it has the fierce competition and fighting excellence of Dragon Ball Z, but without that dreadful waiting in between. For T-Lab, the fandom is wide, sucking in both Adult Swim fans with its goofy humor and casual anime fans with its bright colors. But it won't give you that bad Japanese aftertaste. <laughs> T-Lab isn't trying to weird you out. It understands American audience, but it's also not afraid to sell you commercial-grade Buddhism. All right. Now, The Last Airbender got the attention of Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, and he took a <laughs> chance on it, which is saying something. You don't see Stephen King knocking on Daniel Tiger's door <laughs> or the Wachowski siblings um, asking for the rights to Sailor Moon. Oh, no. That would be incredible. T-Lab hit a very special market, and it was very smart to jump on it. With a 97% Google rating, an 8 out of 10 average on Rotten Tomatoes, T-Lab is beloved. No one can argue with that. And who can forget the guest actors? Oh, the guest actors and actresses on The Last Airbender. Um. We have Janet Varney, who played Cora. She is a podcast uh, improv uh, genius. We have Mark Hamill, which is this indie actor who does uh, light sci-fi roles. Um, Dante Bosco. And their beloved Audrey Plaza. Just to name a few guest actors and actresses. In the anime world, you are lucky... If you get competent English, let alone Mark Hamill on your show. In conclusion, The Last Airbender finally gives to America what it has never deserved. Our own little anime knockoff full of Western culture. <laughs> no, that was, that was a very astute assessment, Mike. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, building, building off, uh, you know, that. Uh, I, I posted a little something on Facebook just asking people generally why they like they liked Avatar or why they like Dragon Prince and, and why they liked Avatar over Dragon Prince. Um, and, you know, the responses I got were generally what you would think. People liked both, but they liked certain aspects of Avatar over um, Dragon Prince. And maybe if I, if I ask, maybe if I read off some of the responses, it'll inform a little bit on Right. Kind of what you thought about Avatar in your mm -hmm. in your research and one of my friends mentions um uh the the writers and the producers and, and the actors of Dragon Prince are great, the stories are great, the graphics are awesome, the storyline is great, but they weren't a fan of a lot of the um like the the PC elements that were kind of shoehorned into to Dragon Prince as opposed to, to Avatar. So what what would you say how would you say that Avatar kind of approaches kind of this inclusivity kind of thing that, that, that we were talking about? Well, you can tell the, the director 
uh, both of these series really loves its female characters. Mm-hmm. And not just any female characters, but the young and sprightly ones. Um, they're always take charge female characters. They're, they're villains. They're evil. They're noble. They're brave. They're courageous. It's just, um, you know, every, every series that comes out of these guys is just putting these strong females who are always like fighters and they're always like telling good jokes and giving good pep talks. So I would say that's where Avatar and the, uh, the Dragon Prince both uh, excel. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I think, I think Avatar, um, Avatar does a, a really good job of creating, uh, not letting the, uh, the quote-unquote PC stuff distract from the, the plot. Um, mm-hmm. it, it feels very natural. Like the, the female characters feel, they don't feel forced, kind of like how um, shows like, movies like um, Captain Marvel feel, where it's just like, okay, this is just like, it, it, just, it just is forced. It doesn't, the character doesn't feel real. Like, I don't believe this is a real character. Yes. Whereas, you know, you read, and you watch the show, the both these shows, and you're like, yeah, these are real-life female humans. <laughs> and they, you know, they're, right. they're, not, they're not perfect. They're, you know, they, they, they have flaws, and they have motivations, and, um, mm-hmm. and they, they feel like, like real people. Yeah. Like, let me ask you this quick uh, female test for other cartoons. What's your favorite female fighter in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> Android 17? I don't know. 18? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, see, that's all you got. Uh, this, uh, this series, you know, you get Rayla. I don't, I don't know. There's another uh, female who's kind of a... She's a magician who's kind of sassy and uh, deceptive. Yeah, she's Varian's uh, daughter. It's Cla- her name's Claudia, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you get range. You, you, definitely... you get range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, also um, going into it, you know, there's a lot of females that are in in positions uh, of power, like in in uh, the Dragon Prince. I know this is kind of a little bit. We're supposed to be talking about Avatar, but <laughs> yes, um, we are. <laughs> uh, but, we can't help uh, it. We can't, it's so good. Um, yes. There's a general. Her name is uh, Aima. She's, uh, first of all, deaf, which is awesome. And she speaks primarily just with sign language. Um, but she's also obviously a female, and she's a general. Mm-hmm. That's, that's super cool. And she's, you know, she's, you know, this kind of kick-butt, take-charge kind of military leader. And, you know, she's in charge of, you know, the human forces. And she's, mm-hmm. she's just awesome. And, you know... You know the same. The same can be said in um, in Avatar uh, with Sokka and uh, uh, Yue. I think her name is, um, mm-hmm. who's kind of like the leader of these um, the Strike Force. Um, actually, I, I want to check to make sure that that was right. I kind of pulled that out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. But she kind of like leads this special forces Strike Force. No, Yue is the the girl that becomes the Moon. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but she's kind of like this the leader of like these special forces for the Earth Kingdom, and they're like all these kind of geisha themes, like in purely just in their makeup. But then they wear like these awesome like 
samurai battle armor suits and they just run around and kick butt and it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what what could anyone ask for really? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Um uh Suki, her name is Suki. Ah, right. Right. I know there was a death battle mm. for um you know that show that death battle on YouTube where they put different characters and different genres together to see who would win a fight. Yes. Um they had a character from Naruto, like this dark ninja, who I'm not going to even attempt to try and guess his name. Um, <laughs> and then we had the girl from The Last Airbender, who um, is, she rides a mole, and I think she's blind. Yes. Yes. And um, she okay. feels vibrations in the floor. Um, yeah. Bonus points if you can get any of their names. Um, you mean tough? <laughs> probably, yes. <laughs> yeah, tough. So, um, yeah. She... Also, there's a great wrestling reference in when they introduce mm-hmm. Toph. She fights the boulder, which is a not-so-veiled reference to The Rock. It's great. Anyways, continue. Oh, great. Yes. That's <laughs> another reason why we love these shows. <laughs> anyway, yeah, continue, Mike. Basically, Toph uh, defeats this dark Naruto character. Uh, and it just shows how cool the female characters are. For sure. And I mean, for more than half the show, the, the main antagonist is Zuko's older sister, Azula. And she's, you know, she's the first person to be able to control lightning. And she's you know, kind of mm-hmm. this all-powerful kind of bad guy. And it's, it's, it's cool to, it's cool to yeah. see. Yeah. I think The Last Airbender does that cool thing that we all want every anime to do. They create uh, an elemental lore where you can feel like you, you're part of a team and you can feel like you can compare and contrast teams, kind of like how Harry Potter says, which house are you? Um, <laughs> these kids are saying, are you a firebender, earthbender, waterbender? I think that really hit home with the kids. And when, once you got kids identifying themselves as like um, one team or another, you really got them hooked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know, it, you see it all over Facebook, right? There's there's quizzes and stuff about mm-hmm. uh, which which bender are you, and um, yes. and they did a the show did a good job of of even developing individual bending so well. Like like fire bending isn't just limited to fire; like they can also control lightning, and mm-hmm. you know the earth benders eventually are able to to control um, you know like magma and metal and stuff like that. And, the right. waterbenders yeah. can control blood and, and other stuff. So they, they do a good job of, of developing and growing their universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't delve too much into the comedy of both the shows, but I, I would say the comedy is spot on. Whether you're 14 or 40, um, there are some crazy characters and some golden one-liners um, <laughs> in both these series. But in The Last Airbender... Um, I I skimmed through a couple episodes of season two and they get lost in the cave and they're with this this hippie rogue group that they try to solve problems by singing songs about love. And it's such (laughs) it's such a horrible idea because they just keep getting more lost in this cave. And then finally they sing a song about love and it's actually a good idea and it helps them get out of the cave. It's that kind of stuff. 
um, that makes that makes the humor of Pokemon look like trash. <laughs> yeah. You know True. when um, that mm. in Pokemon they tell this lame joke and they make Brock laugh at it just so you know it's a joke. <laughs> right, right. You be able to tell without Brock's laughter. You don't need this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot of things that are, are genuinely funny in these shows and um a lot of them and it's because you can really feel like you're a part of the gang. They they all feel like in jokes, they all feel like you know, you're mm-hmm. part of the crew and it they kind of develop and grow naturally. Like um and um the the classic running joke in Avatar the Last Airbender is this poor guy has a cart full of cabbages and it always gets destroyed and it's just there's always his cart gets destroyed and he always shouts oh my cabbages and it's just it's so Mm -hmm. dumb but it's like a reoccurring thing you're just like oh oh yeah like i i love that right and everyone knows you're not worthy of humor unless someone can find a meme out of your jokes and i think I think the meme that's most popular in Airbender, correct me if I'm wrong, is the let's do the thing. Right. Joke. That keeps yeah, popping that, up. It's, it's pretty great. <clears throat> um, yeah, I like that one. Um, or the do the thing, Julie. That's pretty great. I think that's from the, yeah. the second season, or the second uh, Avatar, the with Cora. Right. Uh, Cora. Uh, um, yes. But that, yeah, it's great. No, there, there's a lot of memes, and I think that just shows how beloved kind of Avatar: The Last Airbender is. And um, I think if you kind of you ask the general population, like um, if you've ever seen an anime, like you know the popular ones now are like My Hero Academia, or um, you know, like you were saying earlier, like Naruto or some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. People would be they're not really quite sure, but yeah, I'd be willing to bet. Like if you asked, you know, twenty people at least half would have at least heard of Avatar The Last Airbender, and that's kind of, you know, that's pretty impressive for a, a kid's mm-hmm. cartoon. Once again, if you can get Mr. M. Night Shyamalan to stop thinking about psychopathic grandmothers and elevators that have the devil, then you've done something well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. That's, I'm, I'm in an agreement with that. And that's, yes. that's no small feat. Yes. Now we haven't talked about the the ugly and horribly smelling elephant in the room yet. Mm. Um, about M Night Shyamalan, but I I but first you need to tell. I think I think you're ready. If I'm not mistaken, you're ready to tell us why three reasons that uh, the Dragon Prince should dominate. For sure, for sure, and you know I. I... I didn't, you know, I, I don't want to harp too too much on the M Night Shyamalan stuff. I mean, I just feel like that's low hanging fruit. I'm sure that you'll bring that up, but for me, mm-hmm. like that was just like a I want to deal with the you know just the the pure essence of of both these shows. And um, I guess the the first one, um, we'll, we'll go from a little lighter to a little a little uh, heavier. But mm-hmm. um, for number three, it's it's hot, it's fresh, and it's bingeable. Like it's it's getting new seasons. Like the third season just dropped last year. Um, mm-hmm. All three seasons are available on Netflix, um, and you know it's getting new content. Avatar: The Last Airbender is you know once you watch it, it's done. Yes. You know, uh, you know the Dragon Prince. It's it's got legs, lots of legs, and it's you know it's going to keep coming out with content. And um, yeah, and it's it's super easy to watch. I mean, Mike and I agreed to 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 watch you know the three seasons of. of 
the Dragon Prince, and it's you know in a week, super accessible. It's it's super easy. Yeah. He didn't have to ask twice. Right, right, and you know it's very enjoyable. It's very bingeable, and you know it in, in the the time that we live in, you know it's it's good watching for everyone in the family, right? You don't have to you don't have to secret away and, and watch on your laptop as you try to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, a death note or whatever like it's yes you know it's family friendly and um you know generally when you say family friendly you think boring but right it's not it's it's genuinely funny the the relationships in it are are heartwarming and lovable so it's it's, it's so easy to watch it's very bingeable yes um the second thing um that I, the reasons that i think that the dragon prince should get more love is um the, the show's inclusivity, specifically um, the people of color that are in positions of authority, like King Harrow and Ezrin, who you know are, are leaders of nations and they're they're people of color. Um, they're you know they're both black. And how many shows can you point to that have you know people that are in uh, authority that are are, are are people of color or mm-hmm. are um, you know of women? Like I, right, I, right. Like given you know like like Black Panther. Yes, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't think of anything else. Um, you know, right. in that in the kind of theme that that uh, Dragon Prince is. Um, you know, even you know, even other you know other animes and other cartoons. It's you know, it's it's yeah, pretty one, rare. One out of a hundred anime has a black person. I feel like. And I mean, yeah, yeah. It makes your brain go whoa. You different. you know that's a thing in Japan? That's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's not even just an anime thing. Like, it's a cartoon mm-hmm. thing, too. I mean, outside of things like Samurai Champloon or um, uh, that was the only other one I could think of where the, yeah. the main character is a person of color. Like, it's it's pretty rare, uh, even yeah. in cartoons. Like, I, I can't think of a single a cartoon with a... And maybe this is just like a failing a failure on me, but nothing in this kind of like um, four kids cartoon series can I think of a, a main character <laughs> like that? Yes. Um, also, in, the, in 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 talking about that theme of inclusivity, there's you know, there's a lot of interracial relationships in this, which is awesome to see. Like we we were talking about um, with uh, the main characters Callum and and, and Rayla. You know, one's an elf, one's a human, and they're they're mm-hmm. kind of like romantically involved with each other, and you know that's that's such a positive message. I know, I know, Mike, you you know, your wife is is yes. Asian, and you know, I'm sure that 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 I'm, hits. And that I'm hits Irish, which is so naturally when you see me, <laughs> right? You like, know, it's it's yeah. very different. <laughs> yes, just like you know, looking at an elf and a human, it's just night and day. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But. As as a as a man that's um, you know half white half Asian, like I think it's 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 so important to be able to see interracial relationships be be normalized and, and be put into the into the open like that. I think that's yes, that's so important and, and that's such a such a positive image for for kids to be able to see. And not even just interracial like romantic relationships, but like interracial just friendships, platonic friendships with people. You know, just yes. how how people interact with each other, and and you know, the the underlying um, one of the underlying plot devices in the show is this idea of racism. Like the the humans hate the elves, right. and the elves hate the humans, and um, you know, there's a lot of underlying racism, and um, 
you know, and, and, you know, obviously like racism is, is, is never, um, it's never a positive. It's never a good thing. Um, but just like in real life in the show that both sides try to justify their hatred for each other. And, you know, the show d- takes steps to kind of um, answer the, the questions that each of these races has against each other. And, you know, and it's, and it's not always so, so black and white. Um, you know, there, there are atrocities on, on both sides that, that the elves and the humans have done to each other. But, you know, there, there, there are steps that are t- being taken to kind of like bridge that gap. And that's, you know, in, in the time that we live in with so much, you know, just hate and just, um, mm-hmm. you know, arguments and, and disagreements, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see kind of um, people try to bridge that gap. Right, right. There's there's a lot of strong messages um, that you brought up about this show, and I'm just gonna just gonna throw this out there that um, the whole this is why we believe that uh, the Dragon Prince needs more love is because every Facebook fan group that talks about the Dragon Prince only cares about uh, Rayla and Calum kissing there's there's videos just <laughs> highlighting their kisses um and that's not even typing in rayla and Caleb kissing that's just right. typing in the dragon prince in youtube right um, so people are like the the real philosophers are missing out on this show and uh the the weirdos keep making the the fan fiction about kissing and romance and um just weird stuff Right, right. Um, and then speaking of relationships, that kind of brings me, and we talked about this a little already, the, my second point is um, just the complex relationships in this show are just so, are just so compelling, right? There's, there's everything you can think of. It's, it's honestly, I know I jokingly said it was like Game of Thrones for kids earlier, but it, it's, it's mm-hmm. very Shakespearean and it's very um, you know, Game of Thrones-esque where mm-hmm. you know, they have these complex family dynamics um, like I was saying, like Virian, the the main uh, antagonist in the, that first arc, is whose daughter is Claudia. She ends up helping the protagonist, going against her father's wishes, even to the point that she, you know, to the point that she, you know, is puts herself in danger. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also even initially um, against the main characters, but then she kind of slowly changes her her allegiances. Um, mm-hmm. Also, even we talked a little bit about the the, the relationship between Viren and, and King Harrow, and um, you know the the political intrigue that's going on there. There's there's themes of betrayal and misuse of trust, and um, right, there's, right. There's just there's a lot going on on a political scale. So you know, yeah. the, there's a lot of dynamics happening there, and then even the um, even the friendships that happen. The the I know people like to latch on to the the, the romantic relationships, but um, but the you know the the friendships, the genuine friendships that are that are apparent in the show between Callum, Rayla, and Ezra, and um, even uh, we didn't even talk about this, but but Ezra has like this gift of being able to talk to animals and just mm-hmm. the love that he has for um, uh, his little uh, so the the titular main character Zim, the the Sky Dragon Prince, um, right? The relationship that he has with with Ezrin and um, yeah, there's the the love there, and um, the you know the comedic elements from you know the the Ezrin's toad glow toad, um, 
you know, yeah, you, you see like the the good and beautiful, genuine relationships between people really shine through in this, and um, it's it's definitely worth worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was that bullet point two or three? That was three. So the the three of them are it's mm. hot, fresh, and bingeable. Uh, two, the the show has a lot of inclusivity with people of color in in positions of authority. And then last but not least is um, the complex uh, relationship. Um, yeah. It's a you know it's a modern day Shakespearean play. Yes, yes. So you've you've built up this warrior called the Dragon Prince, and now we need to finish off T Lab and uh, <laughs> the dragon. Yeah, execute it um, like the lesser story that it is. So. <laughs> This, uh, the three critiques of The Last Airbender in Korra. Um, first, there is um, the animation quality. Um, I watched season two, about a few episodes in, I noticed that the frames of The Last Airbender are not nearly as smooth as cartoons in its time. Um, some of Aang's rooftop scenes are choppy, um, some facial expressions are wooden. Uh, the team was definitely channeling an 80s cartoon style. Um, and let's not forget that while the guest voices are great and the humor is spot on, some of the side voice actors phone in their lines. Um, <laughs> the Last sure. Airbender doesn't win best drama or graphical arts by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and I do have a caveat to this critique. Mm. Um, I watched um, just a few highlights of the Dragon Prince, and I noticed some of their animation is stiff um, as well. Maybe that's a style where it just kind of feels a little bit choppy, like like a bad child's uh, flip book or something. Um, <laughs> but at least at least the Dragon Prince kind of um, hides it behind this cell shaded art style that we haven't really talked about. It's, I think it's mostly digital, uh, but it still kind of looks like a cartoon. It's definitely not like a CGI, like toy story by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, it kind of looks like a very high tech PS4 cutscene of an RPG. Yeah, for sure. There's, yeah. There's a difference in, in animation style. Yes. And yeah, for sure. Anyways, I want to Go say on. that um, the last Airbender's animation style is kind of like um, '80s anime that um, was made in Latin America. If um, I, I'm drawing back to a time when uh, I had to, I was I was on this missions trip, and they showed us all these. Uh, um, I want to say it's Mexican anime. <laughs> and it, it was rough um, and I feel like uh, The Last Airbender is closer to that it's clean, it's a clean art I'm not dissing it but it's not going to win any awards for graphical arts right All right. my second critique the been there done that story so Adam I have this fresh idea that no one has thought of before hit me with it Mike alright you have a boy Mm-hmm. And get this, he's the chosen one. Okay, okay. He's a, he's a young hero with a heart and amazing potential, and he just wants to help people. Okay. 
And guess what? He's amazing hmm. at everything he touches, becoming the greatest master of said craft. Hmm. Oh, where have we seen this before? Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Bakugan, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Baruto, Harry Potter. Yes. Star Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Um. So, like, I I get where uh, is it Nickelodeon that's kind of behind this brainchild? Yeah. So Nickelodeon created uh, Avatar. So, like, I I get it. Like Nickelodeon, when they came in, they wanted to make uh, an anime-influenced show that would, uh, like, suck in the kids without having to be that influenced by Japan. But they borrowed heavily from a story structure that we've just seen way too often. Mm. And if I'm being honest, if Avatar didn't have great humor and cool elemental lore it would be bland on its story alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the character motivations really don't become apparent until after the, the you know, the tail end of the first season. Like, yeah. you know, they're they're kind of just there's nothing remarkable about them. Like they're yeah. there's kind of cut paste like here's the the chosen one main hero boy and then there's yeah. you know the funny spunky sidekick and then strong female fighter like it's right like it's cut paste then there's you know emo bad guy that chases them to the end of the earth with funny uncle that gives sage advice like it's you know right. it's pretty cut it's pretty cut paste absolutely cut paste yep. very well but still cut paste right they 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 knock off a few check boxes and mm-hmm. Honestly, that was the safe approach. If you're trying to win over kids, you're not going to do anything special or dangerous to get them. You're going to you're going to get them right where uh right where you hit them and that's uh colorful characters in an arena uh facing off with cool martial arts. Um and that's and you're going to throw in like a dragon bear dog every <laughs> every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no points for originality. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, and this one should make us sad. This is this is why I think that maybe the last Airbender could also be a bottom shelf product. But um, the last Airbender is the redheaded stepchild of anime and manga. Um, for these reasons and these reasons alone. It has no quality video games, which is a sin in the anime world. Um, if, you're, if your anime is widely known, if your cartoon is widely known, it would, should have a quality video game that kids love. Um, that is called the Naruto theory. Um, also the Dragon Ball Z theory. Um, <laughs> it keeps getting canceled. So after season three... Um, the show kind of ends itself and no one has the strength to kind of bring it back up. Um, minus this live action that we don't really know how that's going to be. Right, um, right. The directors, M. Night Shyamalan, though, he, uh, he got behind the money and the idea that kids love this. 
he did not bother to know how to pronounce the names of the characters or understand the legend behind it. So he saw he saw the dollar signs, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, but then he had to sit down with a fan of the show to actually learn about it, and he fell asleep. And he's like, ugh, uh, just you know, give me the ten cent version, and I'll fill in the blanks. And and so that's that's not good. That's not good when you can't get the director excited about the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just what blows my mind about that is like, yeah, how unexcited and just how wrong he gets the source material. Yes. It's it's laughable. Like it's right down to just the pronunciation of characters' names. Like it's it's just wrong. <laughs> yes, and, and it's it just uh, it's just so disrespectful. Right, right, absolutely. Um, um, and you know, maybe the fault is more on Mister M Night Shyamalan than it is on the show itself. Mm. But the fact. Uh, the person in charge of selling the story to him did not do a good job. No, they did uh, not. Yes. Um, but you know, also, I'd like to go back to the to the video game thing that you were talking about before. Yes. How how sick would have you know an Avatar game be if it was just like open world and right. you were just able to just walk and explore? Like, how has this not happened? An an MMO where you get to train up a dragon. And um, battle alongside it. Yeah, like yeah. Either either one of these shows need a video game stat. Right, right. The fact that um, Nickelodeon has not produced a fighting game where you battle in an arena with the last Airbender characters. At the least. At the least, the fact that they have not even considered this means that they don't understand what their audience wants. And um, that's where The Last Airbender falls on its sword. True that. There's still time for Dragon Prince to get on it, but we'll, right, we'll see right. what happens. But now, I, the fandom for The Last Airbender is begging for it to return. Everyone yes. has an idea of what a fourth season should look like, but when they are given what they uh, ask for, they're never satisfied. Um, and that is why Netflix will re- revive the series, but with mixed results, uh, is my uh, fear. Also, in a world where the weebs go gaga over fan fiction and 40-year-olds fantasize about relationships of the characters, this show is lacking in both of those. <laughs> you can tell when an anime is going so over the top when people start getting weird about it and right there's not enough weirdness on the internet not like our friend dragon prince where you can show 10 minutes of kissing <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah i don't know if that's a win for either one i don't know yes <laughs> yes I think that's well, you know, it's it's a mark of it's a mark of you made it once people right, start right. getting weird and creepy about your show, you know you've made it. That that is very true. Though mm-hmm. I'm sure the creators for Dragon Prince would rather that not be happening. <laughs> yes, it's very <laughs> true. Yes. So, uh, uh, so Aang he tapped out after three seasons. Korra she tapped out after three seasons. Netflix is going to try and revive it. Fingers crossed. 
We all know that the Naruto tribes could destroy Naruto in a fight, and yet the show is unable to get the respect it deserves. So yeah, that's a failure on marketing's part. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. Man, oh man, no, that was that was a good discussion, Mike. I feel like I feel like we really kind of hit all the nails on their head of oh yeah absolutely uh, of 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 the dragon prince of of, Ava, of avatar and uh, again i think we have to keep iterating this because i don't want people to get hung up on it i don't think we're saying that that avatar <laughs> is necessarily garbage and should just go away forever i think we're you know we're just trying right. to say that the dragon prince ha- is everything in a bag of chips and deserves its own you know its own praise and accolades and it shouldn't necessarily always be compared to avatar Right, right. And, you know, some people will listen to this and only hear Avatar sucks, which is a message that we, we, we cannot stress enough is not the purpose of our show. We know why number one is number one. Mm-hmm. We just want you to imagine a world where it's number two. For sure. And you don't even have to just imagine it on, our, on your own. We did it for you. Yes. And... Mm-hmm. This brings us to the cherry part of this delicious Sunday. Oh my goodness! I uh, yes. So we have we have a special machine that uh, imagines and open up opens up alternate universes and timelines where this show was number one and the last Airbender is number two. And mm-hmm. um, I just have to feed this machine this uh, prodigy free 1000 hours disc <laughs> and um uh, put in the the Sega Genesis cartridge perfect and then uh use my basic C++ coding and uh yeah this world is open to listen for us to listen in Wait, are you ready to jump in should we, yeah, should we I, count I'm it? ready should... to we should do a countdown yeah i was going to say we'll count down yes. from 5 oh yeah okay 5 5 Four, three, three, two, two one. one. <laughs> we oh. open with Mike and Adam sitting on a couch in a living room. Mike picks up bag of Doritos. Ugh, I can't believe you got the knockoff Clancy's not so cheese flavored chips again. Ugh, sorry, Mike. Uh, I'm a bit short on cash because you know I just bought the new Microsoft Zune 4K. Shrugs. Beggars can't be choosers. Reaches for controller and turns on his Dreamcast 3. Oh, Adam, we should totally watch the show called Avatar The Last Airbender. Wait, 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 wait. You mean that show that the writers and the producers from the Dragon Prince made as a little side project? I know their efforts would be better spent on the critically acclaimed spin-off Dragon Prince sequel. It's racially and culturally sensitive and totally faithful to the source material. But trust me, Adam, this show is totally worth a watch. I don't know, man. Dragon Prince is really iconic and unique. And isn't Avatar set in an Eastern adjacent setting? Don't you feel like that trope is pretty overdone? Ah, you know, while it's true that medieval high fantasy is an untapped well, but this Avatar really takes the genre and has a unique spin on it. Hmm. Really? How so? Well, I mean, first of all, you know how the Dragon Prince features a ton of mythical creatures that exist in fairy tales? Adam nods excitedly. Well, 
Avatar takes normal creatures and creates these hybrid abominations that fly in the face of God. Hmm. You know, I, I really do love edgy material. Go on. That's it, really. That's all the show has going for it, is a bunch of lovable furry abominations. Oh, and the guy that voices Kalem plays this zany character named Soka. Are you, are you serious? Count me out, Mike. You know I'd rather watch the Quentin Tarantino Dragon Prince live-action disaster. Wow, I know that was hyperbole, but why are you so against watching The Last Airbender, Adam? Well, if I'm honest, uh, I was reading on the forums online, and all they talked about were the romantic relationships between uh, the main characters, and a friend of mine said that they didn't like the animation style of the show, and that just really turned me off. That's totally valid, but not everything can be a once-in-a-generation masterpiece of storytelling. Storytelling that weaves Shakespeare-level political intrigue with adult themes and life lessons and make it appealing to kids like Dragon Prince. Yeah, it's true. It's pretty unfair to compare Avatar to the gold standard of Dragon Prince. And besides, that, that Appa character is pretty cute. You know what? You talked me into it, Mike. Let's watch it. Three seasons and a pizza ordered from popular chain Papa John's later. Well... I think that ends that. What did you think, Adam? Mike, nothing in the show makes any sense. Why can the firebenders just summon fire while everyone else uses the elements that are around them? Why did Sokka's girlfriend become the moon? Why did her, her body leave too? Her soul should have gone and her body should have stayed. And for a monk that professes peace, harmony, and nonviolence, Aang really kills a lot of people. Well, Adam, um... Based on that, I did become a Buddhist, and you should know that nothing is perfect. You're missing the point of what makes the show so great. The power of friendship overcoming all, and the fuzzy animals. <sighs> Whatever you say, Mike. Adam, you'll just never understand art. Look, if Avatar is art, then the Snyder Cut of Avengers Endgame is the Mona Lisa. Yes. Mike, oh, what, man. What, a, what a world that would be to live in. A Dreamcast 3. Oh, I bet it has Netflix. <laughs> Internet connectivity. Yes. Oh, man. Could you imagine what a Zoom 4K would be? Oh, man. I bet it's a lot more uh, versatile than our iPods. <laughs> True that. Yes. Um but I feel like that skit perfectly highlights what it would be to live in a world where, where Dragon Prince was number one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, I was, I was looking into different worlds, and I, I did see a world where M. Night Shyamalan uh, came up to uh, the producers and tried to make a dra Dragon Prince film, and he kept calling the character Colin. <laughs> and um, it, it wasn't really a dragon, as it was a large cat. <laughs> And um, Rayla didn't have a uh, that accent. She was Jamaican. So, yeah. Thankfully, you know, we didn't we didn't get that. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it was great. No, I I enjoyed our our, our look into a possible parallel universe. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's the cherry that convinces our audience that they've been living in the wrong world. And it's time to look into uh, altering our timeline. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, and it's not like we're trying to advocate for something, you know, 
critically unappealing. You know, Dragon Prince is, is great by any metric that you want to measure by. Yes. Yes, so far, every episode we've done of this show has been on, uh, like, the black hole. Yeah. We'd have no complaints about that show at all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That show is perfect in everything that it does. Right, right. <laughs> Just like the Dragon Prince. No critiques. No critiques. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Mike. But, I don't know, maybe maybe you know, this is something worth discussing for, for our next episode, but um, where, do you, where do you see us kind of going into the future? Well, um, I am ready and raring to go for a video game. Mm, um, me too. Yeah. Like, I, I know our, our paths will have to cross a few cartoons, a few movies, a few TV shows, some sitcoms. Um, but I'm ready. I'm ready to jump on um, a good video game. I know eventually we have to talk about why Fila is better than Nike. Um, <laughs> we, might need, we might need a special guest for that because I have never sported before. <laughs> and so yeah that might be tough <laughs> Fila that's great <laughs> oh man yeah. Uh, but yeah no that's that's a good kind of snapshot and I think that's something that we we missed out on last episode kind of giving our our listeners a, a roadmap to see kind of where we're going and um, if you're interested in us discussing something totally new you know mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about please feel free to leave a comment on our Facebook page we'd love to kind of see what you guys are you would like us to, to talk yeah. about and, uh, oh, and yeah. discuss. We're already getting fan mail uh, where someone said uh, we should talk about how um, King of the Hill is better than The Simpsons. Ooh. Um, though it's Strong. not going to be too hard to convince people to like King of the Hill. It's not like it's a hidden show or anything. Right, right. Yes. I, I, like, that, I like that concept. I mean, we've yes. got we to find something that'll, that'll give Simpsons a run for the money. Right, absolutely. Cable I mean, Hill is great, but I wouldn't say it's a, exactly a, a you know a second tier show. Like it's it's syndicated. Yes, and I'm probably going to say this joke again, but The Simpsons is kind of like walking with a limp after 20 years. You kind of <laughs> just accept that it's there and you work around it. Right, right. Yes, that's one of those things that'll never die. Yes, doesn't get worse, doesn't get better. It just kind of exists. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like the United States car <laughs> manufacturers. Ah, uh, yes. Take that, um, Toyota. Yeah, that was, I don't know, that was, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yes. so our, our show is, you know, not just going to be limited to, to TV shows, but, we, you know, we do want to branch out. We want to talk about things. So, yeah, feel free to, to interact. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, take all, we'll take on all, all comments. Yeah. And if you are interested in being a guest commentator on our show or telling us why we're completely wrong about our opinions, there's no such thing as a bad guest, you know, provided you're not throwing F-bombs and racial slurs. Um, <laughs> if, you can, if you can live under those rules, we would love to have you on. For sure. For sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, yeah, make sure that you... Also send any application to be on our show with $10 for me and Mike each. And uh, we'll, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, I'm running out of Prodigy discs to feed our alternate timeline machine. <laughs> Prodigy. Mike, you're killing me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, uh, I've been Mike. I've been Adam. And thank you so much for watching this. Or listening. Or <laughs> probably mostly listening. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see you next time. See you later.